The following program is recommended for ages 18 and over due to adult content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Behind the Scenes, a look at some of the sometimes steamy inside of Hollywood with your host, Hollywood executive and former Victoria's Secret model, Summer Helene. Our program features the gossip, the dish, and the stories of what's really going on behind your favorite movies, television shows, and celebrities from the people who are involved in the industry. Now, here is your host, Summer Helene. Well, holy shit. Um, usually we come in with what's going on in Hollywood, and I expected to be talking about Kim Kardashian and Marilyn Monroe's dress, and we went and saw Steve Martin and blah, blah, blah. And they were great, by the way. They were great. And instead, I am discussing America devolving back to the 1970s. Do you know in the 1970s in Afghanistan, women were wearing mini skirts? That blew my mind when I heard about it because, it, again, being raised relatively, you know, 90s and up, in my brain, it's always been like that. That's just how their culture was. It never occurred to me that there was a previous to, well, female oppression over there. Unfortunately, when you start removing women's rights, you go backwards in time. It's what happened to the Taliban. And guess what we will be seeing today? Uh, in the United States, we have now seen a religious perspective take over a political institution. I am at a loss for words. I am so fucking angry. And it's only the start. You know, the, from what we heard already, they have bills to abolish abortion over half, not actually over half, about half the states thus far. 19 similar, have already pushed them through. 19 have already pushed through. Good God. Similar numbers are also pushing for anti-gay gay marriage laws. Yeah, they're, they're to abolish gay marriage. What a lot of people don't realize is Roe versus Wade didn't just have to do with abortion. It also had to do with privacy rights. Mm -hmm. So after Roe versus Wade, women were allowed to get credit cards. They were allowed to make a lot of the choices and have a lot of the rights that we enjoy today. But it also meant that medical information could not be shared. Yeah. And so right now we hear um, Republican and Democrat senators reaching out and going, Google, Apple, please don't give away, you know, uh, informa private information and don't collect it. Like they're, they're petitioning private companies like they don't make the fucking laws. Yeah, it's interesting you said that as well. Roe v. Wade, while abortion was on the topic, it was just about the fact that she didn't want to have to disclose her reasoning to, uh, I believe it was the Texas government. Mm -hmm. She just wanted to get it done. Yep. She even went under an alias. Her name yep. is not even Roe. Yep. It's, it's a truly bizarre day in the United States. And I think what's catching me mm -hmm. is uh, a friend of mine, Kitty, had, had said that she's been arguing. She lives in Mississippi yeah. with different friends of hers. Her dad was a preacher. And whenever his friends would say to him, well, God needs to be more in government, he'd always say, give unto God what is God's, give unto Caesar what is Caesar's. Religion has no place in government. Right. And so um, it's, it's very strange to me to see this this in the, happening in the United States of America. Maybe it's coming from Australia. You know, Australia, America is my country by choice. Yeah. Um, so it's very weird to me to be in this position because I just want to yell and scream and say, do you think this is going to stop it? You know, it's it's not going to stop abortion. All you're doing is relegating women to back alley abortions again. Right. They're going to start dying again. 
for this. It doesn't stop this process. It just means it can no longer be out in the open. And so now we have women who are going to be killing themselves trying to get these fetuses aborted. It's, Actually, well, is it even fair to call them it's fetuses? It's not they're fetuses just, at that point. Clumps cells, of cells. Clumps yeah. of cells, for God's sake. I find it very, very strange that we have uh, legislation on this. And again, maybe it's coming from Australia. Maybe it's a different point of view. Mm-hmm. But so the government doesn't want to give everyone national medical because that would be an overstep. Right. But they want to tell them what to do with their crotch. That's not. Well, like now we know. Look, look, it goes like this. People want, and I heard this recently, people want the dictator in office they agree with. They don't want 100% freedom of choice and everything. They want the person in charge who will tell everyone else what to do as long as it's in favor of what they want. And so right now we got a large portion of the country is like, hey, we want, wh- what is the deal right now? We want total freedom with our guns. We want anti-abortion laws. We want, well, what did you just mention, right? We don't want a national Medicare. And we have people in office who provide them that. So right now, their rights are not being affected. 70% so right now, of the country okay. is pro-choice. Well, you know what? The 30% are in right now. The 30% came out, and they voted, and they got these people in by the bar. Obviously, that was for Trump's sake, I should say. That These days, now it's because um, the people Trump are sitting on the Supreme office, Court. Right? Yeah. that later on the Supreme Court. My point is that when you have the person, you have the right people in office who agree with you socially, you don't care what happens to everyone else. You get what you want. That's what matters. And so right now, like you said, the uh, religion is in full swing in our government. And so now they're going purely based on that. And it always has some underlying value to them, either financial, political or something. Like, what's the whole point of stopping abortion to begin with? Alito said so that more white babies are born. I'm not kidding. Google that, guys. He actually said that. And so, sure, he's got a racist, biased opinion towards he wants more white, white babies. I also believe it's simply to have more people in the workforce. They yes. want to hire people. They want more people because the, uh, the more people they're in the workforce, the less they're paying everyone else. They've said that matter. directly. That's not new. So there's a financial advantage to taking away abortions, and which, by the way, primarily affects uh, – I want to say underprivileged, but minorities of this country. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the, the, the big, rich, the bigger problem. who were having abortions. No, the, the, the bigger problem is it does affect minorities because the truth of the matter is, is – if I wanted an abortion, yeah. I can pay for one. Yeah. I can fly to a state where there is one. Um, and so I guess, yay, congratulations, America. You overturned Roe versus Wade. On an unrelated note, I'd yes. like to invite women from 19 states that no longer have it. Uh, I have an open couch and I'm like half, I'm like three miles from a Planned Parenthood and I'm happy to drive. Just a totally unrelated note. You're always Just welcome totally at my house. Unrelated. You're always welcome at my house. I'm happy to take you. I'll pay for you to come out. Just saying. Yeah, it'll be we'll totally go. unrelated note. On also an unrelated note, we're going to a totally unrelated rally here in a few hours mm-hmm. to to speak about some totally unrelated things to today's uh, update as far as our government goes, and it's located for anyone local at the Mizell Center in Palm Springs tonight at 7 p.m., where we will be not related to the topic discussing. Uh, what is it? Roe v. Wade, the mm. abolition. Uh, is it the abolition? Yeah, the ab- we'll be giving away free condoms and coat hangers. Oh, it's oh god. Really, I have a basket of condoms and coat hangers. Lex is on the phone. My assistant is on the phone with uh, the sex stores and Planned Parenthood in town, stores. asking them to give her condoms. We are giving out free yeah, condoms, yeah. and we're speaking to the dry cleaners, and we're giving out free coat hangers. I'm I, just saying. Funny enough, you can get free condoms from churches, I believe, too. No. Not anymore. No. God, when I was growing up, they offered that. <laughs> You're 25. You talk like this is 400 years I'm ago. I'm just saying it was an option. <laughs> what is? 
what is Hollywood's stance on this right now? Because I've got a pretty good idea of where everyone's, at least most of them are lying with this. Uh, well, I can quote um, a friend of mine. Her response was, fuck you, cunt. Uh, so that was that was great. She was she was talking to the yeah. I, I expect oh. that from most of them to be quite frank. Yeah, I'm only giving you the direct. Uh, I've got a friend of mine who's a writer. She's freaking out. I've got a friend of mine that's a director. She's freaking out. Uh, blokes in Hollywood are like, great. What are we going to do now? And I was like, well, and uh, his joke was, men in power really need to think about this. You're going to have a lot of kids that you don't want. <laughs> so he, and their their suggestion was guide out from a real selfish perspective. Maybe it'll make him think. Well, here's the next thing. They didn't ban condoms. That's not on the legislation. They are it's, looking at taking birth control off, though. Yes, they are. Because the apparently reason, life begins at implantation. Yeah, some nonsense. But the re, the re, again, it's not going to impact male birth control. No. No, we can wear condoms still all we want. Because the reality is it's not about whether or not we accidentally want or don't want it's a child with some lady that we're just deciding to screw on the side while our wives are at home taking care of our families if I'm a politician. It's that we just don't want her to be able to have an abortion should she get pregnant. We don't want to be the parents. Yeah, 50 bucks says the politicians that voted for this would very quickly get their mistresses an abortion. Oh, yeah, easily, because you don't want that over your head. You, you, at that point, now, now we're just discussing the difference between your political ideology and what you actually want to be dealing with. They probably, they most likely will side on that, you know, down with abortion rights, but, you know, should they knock up someone they shouldn't? Immediate trip to California, New York. I am so deeply depressed right now. I, I got to tell you, I cried my eyes out. I called my mom. Yeah. She did not want to talk to me. Matter. She was crying. You called your mom. Your mom was just like, she was depressed. The, the text I got from your mom when I went to check on her was, <laughs> I'm depressed. I'm depressed. Yeah. it's It, it was bad. They, they come from a generation where they fought for this. They yeah. come from a generation where they struggled through people actually dying to try and abort uh, these cells. And now they have to do it again. My mom's said she's been having this argument since 1973. It's still not over. It's still going. Get get coat hangers from the dry cleaners too on your way. Huh? That sounds like a great plan. Who aren't? Try. <laughs> no, Just we can it. get it. No. Uh, Alexis, so Lex and Kaylee, we'll where are you going to get the condoms? Love stuff. Love stuff. Okay. Shout out to Desert Age Project, AIDS Project, and Love Stuff. Thank you very, very much for giving us condoms to give out at the rally. I promise we'll give them out separately from the coat hangers. The coat hangers are just to make a point. I'd give them together. Let's let's strike fear. Let's strike. I don't know. Not the people who want to. I guess right. I don't know. I'm just mad. You know, there's people on your side of this argument. Just like, hand them all <laughs> coat hangers. <laughs> These are people on your side of the argument. Give it to all your friends who. I, I gotta ask. You're a bloke. Why are you so mad? Like I cried my eyes out. Why because are you so I mad? I strongly believe that I don't get an opinion on the matter. I strongly believe that it's not my say. It's not my body. I don't have a uterus. I don't have a vagina. I, if you have a baby or you don't have a baby, it does not impact my life. Unless I am banging you and I'm trying to stay in the kid's life, then it does impact my life. But if it's gonna kill you, hurt you, or you don't want it, that's the end. I always I have this middle ground where it's like, OK, we had a child. We, we, we're going for it. Right. And we knew beforehand that we both wanted a baby. You get through the process of it. You decide you don't want it. Then it's a deeper discussion from that point on. That's that I get. But if there's not an understanding, if there's no conversation or you both even discuss we don't want children and this is an accident. God, it's fine. Abort. Get rid of it. It was a mistake, an accident. You move on. But people are saying it's human. 
Well, and that, come, that comes down to what we've been discussing this whole, for God's sakes, decades now, what really constitutes a human. Do you feel this way just because you were like a bit of a hoe and you're worried that, you know, something's going to pop up? No, I actually has nothing to do with that. I wouldn't even have cared way back when. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's more so of growing up and being a little more... I know. it's Well, when you look at women's rights, I think... No, well, women's rights are human rights. That's the bottom line. And right now we just removed half the population's rights. I was going to make a point, but you just made a better one. So fuck that. I was going to give you shit for mansplaining, but you know what? You just made a better point than I was going to. Yeah, ending strong on this first segment. <laughs> All right, guys, we are going to go to break. When we come back, we're going to be on with Pastor Coleman. I'm Summer Helene. We are on with my co-host, the baddest bear in the cage, who neither of us introduced ourselves at the beginning of the show because I was pissed. Uh, Bear Fjorda, and we'll be right back after this. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Racers and Rental Cars is the program for wannabe pro racers and those interested in the racing profession and automotive industry. Join hosts Cameron Ferre and Don O'Neill as they take you behind the scenes with previews and review for race day. It's about the business as well as the fun. We've got the scoop, the guests, the discussion, and the WTF moments. All you need to do is bring your ears. Racers and Rental Cars heard every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access all the time. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back Behind the Scenes. G'day, g'day, guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene, and we're on with my co-host, the baddest bear in the cage, Bear Fiora. I do want to give a quick shout-out before I get any more controversial uh, to uh, Best Western Country Inn in Temecula. Thank you very, very much. You've been looking after Bear when he's been down there for fight camp. Uh, Heels by Art Fire. Thank you so, so much. And Embassy Suites by Hilton in downtown Phoenix. Thank you, guys. have been looking after us since we've been getting set up for a bunch of shows and things. Uh, and we have a giveaway from Aspen Mills Bakery. So if you want to jump on and uh, tell me what your favorite thing is about our very special guest today, Pastor Coleman. He is a vision pastor at a West Metro Community Church. He makes content on TikTok that looks uh, to bring healing and hope to those who have been broken and disenfranchised by the American Evangelical Church. Pastor Coleman, welcome to the show. 
Hey, thanks so much for having me on. And actually, uh, I, I should have sent you sent you an updated bio. I've I've since changed uh, changed congregations, but um, uh, but that's my fault for not sending in <laughs> for that that information in. Where are you at now? Uh, so, I, uh, I I'm at a church uh, in uh, South Oklahoma City called Johnson Road Church, um, and then uh, I am uh, I'm also leading an online uh, faith gathering that's just open to anybody from any faith background. We've got folks who uh, have different worldviews, who have no worldview. They you know they're they're atheist or agnostic um, that join us, and we just have uh, we have a conversation on YouTube live. Uh, on Sundays, we've got a couple of different times, so, you know, depending on your time zone, it's more convenient for you. And, uh, and so that's called the Speakeasy Project. And, uh, and uh, you know, the reason that we titled it that is because uh, I, believe that, uh, <clears throat> I believe that common sense is uh, under prohibition in the United States these days, as the, uh, as the Supreme Court uh, decided to show us uh, this afternoon. Uh, and and here I was like I was telling Alexis I'm like we've got you know Pastor Commoner I really like you I follow you and I was like oh no I don't want to fight with him and uh, no that, I think that... I, I think uh, I, I it's a very uh, uh, very interesting yeah I knew that when that news broke I was like oh man I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna be on with Summer and Bear today and uh, <laughs> you know it, it it's just I, I think it's just more heavy uh, than anything I mean you know we have. We have half the country that uh, that just just lost um, what I would consider to be inalienable rights, um, but I guess the current version of the Supreme Court didn't tend to think so. Um, being <laughs> uh, being pro life is from an evangelical standpoint is just pro birth. They're not actually pro life. That that that's a that's a farce. And um and that's the reason I don't get on board with that stance at all. I think that I think that women should have autonomy over their bodies. Um and so, you know, that doesn't mean that anybody like I think there's some kind of great misconception that those of us who are more progressive, especially those who us, those of us who identify as followers of Jesus, who are more progressive, I think there's some kind of great misconception that because we're pro-choice, we're like rooting for abortions. That's not that's not what's happening here. You know, I I, I love babies. I have four children of my own. Nobody's nobody's sitting around hoping that people have abortion. That's not how this works. But there are reasons and there are moments. Uh, that are cause for uh, that need, and for this to be this to be overturned in the Supreme Court of the United States. I mean, we are we are taking steps backwards into the dark ages today. And and I mean, where's the? Sorry, I'm kind of going on a rant. And I don't mean to mansplain. Oh, no, certainly on a on a topic no, that's no, no, not no, my no. own Please. because I I mean these are not my rights, but um, but I, I I certainly get. I certainly get frustrated because here we are continuing to put the burden on women. It is, it is the, it is because of the core misogyny inside of our culture right now that we continue to, to burdenize women. Where's the, you know, where's the Supreme court ruling for vasectomies and, you know, for men to be held 
financially and culturally responsible for these babies that are now going to be forced to be born. Um, men are still just going to get what they want and move on. And if a woman gets pregnant, uh, they're going to be consequence free. They got all the good stuff and they get to leave anything that seems complicated. That is absolutely asinine to me. Um, and it just speaks to the major misogyny in our country. I think what I find so interesting about it is I'm, I'm taking my daughter to the, the protest this evening with us and uh, she's adopted. And she, you know, my, the children, the girls I've fostered do remember what it's like to be in foster care. And so I'm asking them to write signs. And the one she come up with was, if you don't like abortion, ignore it, just like you do the children in foster care. And, uh, it, it surprised me I mean, that she's come not up wrong. with that. <laughs> yeah, she's, it surprised me that she come up with that because she's usually a very cheerful little thing. Oh Yeah. Um, but she said something that really kind of got to me. You don't know what it's like to hope that somebody, anybody will want you, anyone. You don't worry if the parents you go to are going to be good or bad. You just want someone to want you. And she's like, and I have a lot of friends that, you know, I, I was adopted. I found a family. She's like, so I don't have that constant need, but I have a lot of girlfriends that, you know, at 10 and 11 were trying to hook up with boys because they just wanted someone to want them. Yeah. yeah. Our, so my younger three children, we've got four. My oldest is biological, but my younger three are adopted. And we adopted them directly through, you know, the Department of Human Services here in the state of Oklahoma. Um, you know, they were they were kids from right inside of our community that, you know, I mean, it was it was horrible circumstances. I mean, methamphetamines and abuse and all of those things. Hey, mine too. Um, <laughs> mine too. Yeah, well, it seems to be a running theme, and that, yep. and that's, that's ultimately it, right? It's like, um, you know, these, especially these evangelicals, man. They, they, they want, they want to scream about, you know, being pro-life, uh, but they're also the same ones that just leave kids in foster care and don't care, and they're the, they're the same ones that. Uh, you know, if they adopt, they adopt overseas, you know, like, I, I, I just don't understand that. They say that they're so America first, you know, or whatever that means. And then they go and they find a baby in China because, you know, heaven forbid they adopted like a, you know, a 10 year old here. Um, you know, I, I, I just, it, it just, it makes no sense. There is, there, there is no logical conclusion to this, uh, hyper conservatism that is that is just a a plague on our on our society right now it's it's absolutely embarrassing and um yeah i mean you know i i a thousand percent agree you know you, you got so many kids and and my my trouble was when we were going through the foster and adoption process it's like you know i I would be bankrupt if we adopted all the kids that i wanted to adopt you know what i mean just because there's yes. so many but I'll say this, you know, we did a study here in Oklahoma, and we found that if every church that identified as evangelical, so that doesn't even count the Catholic churches, right? But if every church that identifies as evangelical here in Oklahoma fostered or adopted one child, like just the church as a whole, right? They got around one family. They all put in supplies. They all put in help. They all put in support, right? If every church would do that, there would be a waiting list for kids 
in the foster care system. Like, like they would literally, you know, run out of kids, have every kid. Yeah, they will run out of kids. However, they are desperately short of foster homes and adopted homes because these same people who are banging the war drum, screaming about, you know, being so pro-life are also, you know, congregations of, let's just say a small church, 50, 100 people. This is 50 or 100 people that have decided that they cannot be proactive enough to foster or adopt one child out of DHS. So I, think what... I, I, don't, I guess I'm just sick of hearing about your pro-life stances. And this is, this is such a step backwards for our country today. It's, it's, it's horrendous. You know, I, I only ever knew one other pastor, uh, sort of like you. It was uh, my friend Kitty's dad, and he was the one, whenever anyone tried to bring up prayer in school or anything like that, he'd always quote, give unto God what is God's, give unto Caesar what is Caesar's. Keep church out of mm-hmm. church out of government. And so, uh, but I always thought he was kind of an aberration. How how are you a pastor? You are not exactly what what uh, what people come up with. And don't don't get me wrong, I. Uh, I appreciate the standpoint. I think it will actually drive a lot of young people towards faith. But uh, we have about three minutes till break. But how did you end up here? Because this is certainly not what you expect to be evangelical. Well, you know, I I earnestly believe that that number, number one, when it comes to government, uh, let, let me just start there. When it comes to government, it is not the government's job to legislate based on religion. Like, that's not how that works. We have to do what's best for, you know, the 300 million Americans in this country. And those are people from all walks of life, all faith backgrounds, all cultural backgrounds, you know, all economic backgrounds, right? Um, and so... That's that's square one for me. The second thing is, and, and I think that's a lot like what you were saying earlier about, you know, your friend, uh, the other pastor that you were you were mentioning is that, you know, it, it's like we can't I cannot govern for 300 million people just based on my personal worldview. Like, that's not how that works. The second thing is, is that we need to quit sticking our head in the sand as you know, faith leaders or Christian leaders, whatever, quit sticking your head in the sand and acting like abortion is not going to happen. Like, you, you've got to quit pretending like illegalizing something is just going to make it go away, right? Um, and, you know, they are so clear about, you know, well, making guns illegal won't stop the mass shootings, you know. Uh, people will still be able to get a hold of guns. But then apply that same logic to the abortion conversation, right? Uh, then they're like, well, we have to illegalize it because that'll make it go away. Well, <laughs> you can't have your cake and eat it too. Pick one or the other. Like you're using two different logics just based on your stance. So none of that makes sense. But what I'll say is that abortion is going to continue to happen. So do we really want that those abortions to go back into the closet with coat hangers? Or do we want places that have legitimate doctors who are doing legitimate operations and taking care of these women? And that that's what we want. And 
you know what? Here's the thing. The lowest abortion rates in this country in the last 20 years came under a pro-choice Obama. So not even the conservative leadership, the Trumps of the world, the Bushes of the world, they're not the ones with their pro-life, quote-unquote, legislation that are getting anything done. But when sex education is available, when contraceptives are more readily available, uh, when, you know, just life and economic education is more available, when social programs are more available, uh, you know, WIC, SNAP, you know, food stamps, all of those things, then abortions actually go down mm-hmm. because women feel more confident to have children because they feel supported by not only the people around them, but by the government and by the programs that the, that the government's offered. And, uh, and so, you know, the, the, the conservative, let's stick our head in the sand and pretend like our kids aren't having sex and pretend like, you know, nobody ever needs contraceptives or whatever. Like all of that is so stupid and so naive and um, it's only going to make things worse. We are going to see tons of women die uh, because they're having questionable, questionable abortions done in questionable places because they cannot get them done legally in places like Oklahoma or Texas or Kansas. I agree with that. Uh, we have to go to break. When we come back, guys, we are going to be talking more with Pastor Jeremy Coleman, one of my favorite people on TikTok. Make sure you are following him. We're going to be on with my co-host, Bear Fiorda. I'm Summer Helene. We'll be right back after this. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. You 
are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back Behind the Scenes. G'day, g'day, guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host on this very sad day, Summer Helene. We are on with my co-host, the baddest bear in the cage, Bear Fjorda, and our very, very special guest, Pastor Coleman. We are talking about what is going on in the world today, and I actually just got the first responses from Australia as this is going on. Uh, this one, I'm going to say, I, I can tell you it's from a politician, a military guy, blah, blah, blah. It's from my dad. And the first thing he texted me this morning was how very sad and very Victorian. I was like, well, good morning to you too, sir. <laughs> like, yes, what is it? The, uh, uh, we have, I don't, it's not religious mm. persecution, but it is religious policies or ideologies in our government in the land of the free and the home of the brave. And you should be very proud of that. You and the Taliban and the UAE all have the same policies. Congratulations. <laughs> uh, sorry. <laughs> well, I mean, it is, you know, I, uh, I, uh, I believe that this, uh, radical conservatism. Um, I, I haven't lost hope for like moderate conservatives or common sense kind of middle ground conservatives. I think there's still some. I think there's still some hope for that. Like I understand. I, I can I can appreciate if you have more conservative ideologies. I can I can re- appreciate that. I can respect it. Um, but this radicalism is. I mean, it is. It's domestic terrorism. Is what it is. I mean, it's it's literally, you know, the Taliban is a is an astute uh, connection um, because that's that's what they want. They want to they want to control women. They want to control uh, kids. They want to you know run the country uh, with this religious radicalism, and that's you know that's exactly what the Taliban does. Do you think this is a response to such a heavy push in purity culture for the last ten years? Because, I mean, the people that are now voting and really pushed this, you see the old school conservatives like Bez Mum. She was a hardcore Republican that has now jumped ship and threatened our lives if we vote that way. <laughs> um, yeah, like, she so, was... <laughs> so I, I absolutely think that it is um, because while there were, there were those of us who uh, lived through purity culture and it pushed us away, from that ideology and that thinking, uh, some people stayed indoctrinated, right? And it's all about that indoctrination. And uh, and so I think I think that plays a, a large role in it because because you know talking about especially like in very conservative places in America, there is no sex education, there is no uh, contra- contraception availability. You know that that is <clears throat> that is like you know. Girls being able to go get birth control uh, for free without an adult or, uh, you know, go get packages of condoms. And, like, even then, like, how do you use it? You know, like all of those things, um, there needs to be there needs to be proactive measures uh, in education uh, and, and in understanding. And I. It's just not happening. And so because this purity culture thing is like, well, you know, everybody's like I said last segment, you know, everybody's burying their head in the sand. They're pretending like, uh, you know, kids aren't having sex or, you know, that they're, you know, 
threatening their kids within an inch of their lives that if they ever are sexually active, they're going to go to hell and they're going to be, you know, <clears throat> disbanded from the church or whatever, whatever the case is. And it's, that's just not healthy. And I, I'm certainly, I am certainly never going to raise my children that way. Um, and, uh, you know, my girls can wear whatever they want. Uh, they can, you know, be, be free and be independent. Uh, you know, I, I fully anticipate that one or more of my children are going to choose to be sexually active before I'm really comfortable with that. Um, but we are going to work really hard to make sure that they are educated and they understand the, you know, physical, emotional, and spiritual consequences of those choices. And, um, you know, and then they, they will be informed and, you know, hopefully with that trust, then they are willing to come back to us and ask some of those hard questions that those of us who grew up in that purity culture and that indoctrination, we were so afraid to ask because we didn't know any better. And, and, uh, because we, we knew that even talking about it or thinking about things like that were sinful. And so, how, um, how, you know, how did the I, Christian church decide that the vagina was attached to the soul? That does not seem very, um, it's the word I'm looking for. That seems nuts. Um, well, because, because on page one, paragraph one, sentence one of the cult handbook, it says control the women. So that's you know, true. They, they did in Jonestown as well. Been, that's, that's true. Yeah. So, so they have decided that, uh, you know, that controlling sexuality, controlling, uh, women's rights, controlling, uh, you know, when people have children, how they have children, uh, who they have children with, all of these things. Uh, it, it's all control tactics. It's all control tactics. It's all just to breed more people who look, think, and act like this. Uh, and I know that sounds maybe a little bit weird and somebody may be tuning into this interview like right now, like who is this, <laughs> you know, crazy guy or whatever. And it's like, well, no, I, I am a I am a Jesus following pastor who believes that Jesus empowered women, gave women independence, uh, showed us that you know culturally manipulating and controlling women was wrong, um, and so it's not that it's not that I'm crazy. It's that this this version of American Christianity is crazy. And how did I'm sorry, how did this come to be? Work. How did this happen? Because like, no offense, y'all were the ones that kind of got pissed at us ages ago for the whole no one has freedom crap. And so then y'all turned around and you went, you know, fuck you guys, excuse my language. Oh, great, it's a pastor. Damn it. I'd like to remind everyone every time we use bad language, we give money to the Boys and Girls Club of America, the Humane Society of America, and free MMA. And I'm really sorry for using that language. Um, we were like, screw you guys, we're out. You got, you know, America was done. You were having no part yeah. of, of being controlled. You pulled religion completely out of it. And then in, in like the 60s, you added God to your Pledge of Allegiance. You started doing all of this additional stuff that just wasn't usually done. Yeah. I, I think a lot of that is I – think, I think a lot of it comes from that grasping for control, right? So, you know, I mean, here in the United States – and. And, you know, you're well aware of this. 
big money comes from churches and church leaders. Uh, Big influence comes from churches and church leaders. So they are able to control the narrative, the direction. Um, They still have heavy and powerful influence. Uh, And so they understand to continue to keep that influence. Uh, They have to keep people scared. They have to keep people indoctrinated. Uh, They have to keep people connected to the to the church, to the vision, whatever. Um, and that's what, that's what a lot of this radical conservative evangelicalism is. It's, it, it, it's not churches, it's cults. It, it went from, then how did it you went escape? from people being, do what? How did you escape it? You are an evan, you know, you were an evangelical preacher. You were raised in this religion, this country. How did you not end up, you know, in your own little mini Jonestown? So <laughs> I think I think part of that was is that I I have always had just kind of this streak of like going against the grain or swimming upstream just a little bit just because that's kind of who I am I'm you know I'm kind of competitive I like to be a little bit different um, and so you know just my personality in and of itself is that way so I think that probably sparked me hearing a lot of that indoctrination stuff hearing a lot of those things that that I, I was growing up in and, you know, a very fundamentalist culture. But the difference between me and a lot of my friends was I was like, huh? I, so I didn't take it at face value because of that little bit of rebellion. I was like, well, I want to ask questions about this. And then as I got a little bit older, I was like, well, I want to hear somebody else's perspective on this. Like I want to hear somebody from outside the circle and the best thing you can do, and this goes for anybody who's out there listening, the best thing you can do is get yourself out of the echo chamber. Whatever, whatever stance, whatever belief you have, go listen to somebody who is radically different and, and give them at least a listen. You know, that doesn't mean you have to agree with them. doesn't mean you have to, you know, support them or anything like that. Just listen to it. Um, and then take all that information, collect all the narratives, and shake it up, and then see what comes out for you. Um, as I started to do that, uh, people inside of my very evangelical bubble got frustrated. Um, you know, because I, I think one of the first things that toppled for me was uh, race relations and equality in the United States. Um, what do you mean? I had a so so I had a. I had a conversation with a friend of mine um, when I was younger and uh, I went to, I was fortunate enough that I went to a really diverse school. And so uh, I played sports um, and I was on the basketball team with a kid named Nick. And I remember we were sitting at lunch one day with a couple other of the guys that were on the team. And I, and he was talking about how somebody had stolen his bicycle uh, from his apartment complex like, you know, or stole it off the front door of his apartment. And, um, and I said, man, I was like, dude, hey, did you call the cops? And he said, no, man, I didn't call the cops. And he like looked at me real funny. And I was like, why? And he goes, we don't trust the cops. And that was like my first exposure to this completely different, because I was raised in this very white, 
suburban ideology of like the police are here to protect you and just be respectful and they'll take care Mm -hmm. of you, you know, that kind of thing. And he was like, no, 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 you don't understand. And he goes down this laundry list of things. And it was like the first time, and this was early 2000, right? But this is the first time that I ever heard about like the corruption of police, right? And the corruption of the justice system. And Whereas if somebody stole my bicycle, the first thing I would do is call the cops. That's like the last thing he would do. Well, I, I it, kind of, gave- I, I kind of get it. I had my, my black son. I taught him to keep his hands out of his pockets. My daughter, I teach her to cover her drink. Like it's, it's a different yeah. world. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. And, and so I, that, that was, so that was the, that was a really key, like I, I was, I was probably in eighth grade, eighth or ninth grade when that happened. And that was, a, that was a key turning point for me in going, Oh, there is a completely different world out here. And just because it's not one that I've been exposed to doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. And so, uh, I think for me, it just sparked that curiosity, you know? Um, and I think the thing that while people would say that, my progressive nature may not make me a great evangelical in America and good. I don't want to be, but, um, but I would say my compassionate nature is, is probably what makes me a good pastor is I want to hear where people come from. I want to hear their perspective and I want to respect their perspective. And so I think, I think for me, that's, that's where I ended up landing in a place where I'm affirming of the LGBTQI plus community. Uh, you know, I will do, I will do same sex weddings, um, and, and have, uh, You're my favorite pastor. you know, I am, I, I am black lives matter. I am, you know, uh, pro women's rights. I, all of these things, uh, because what I realize is that for a cisgender heterosexual, white man in the central of uh, central part of America, I could live in a very, very narrow minded place and think that the only thing that mattered was me and how I was treated. But what I've realized in that process, especially talking with all of these people who come from places of, uh, of hurt and trauma and being disenfranchised and pushed away, as I've had those conversations with those people, what I realize is that my America is not their America. And uh, make America great again? How about make America great for the first time? We've never been great. This is a country that was founded and built on the backs of slaves. We were a country that for, you know, uh, hundreds of years, or, you know, for a couple hundred years had slavery, at least 1600s, right before we were, you know, an independent nation. And then Mm -hmm. even after emancipation, we were a country that forced, you know, our our black brothers and sisters to eat behind the the restaurant, drink from different water fountains. People think that that's like some kind of ancient history. My mom remembers black and white water fountains in her elementary school. My mother. I'm 33. It's not ancient history. It's it's a generation. Holy gone. shit! And yeah, yeah. Sorry, and sorry. So, no, I, no. You're I, a thousand percent right. And it and it's it's just like it's like if people would get out of the echo chamber, if they would quit 
turning on Newsmax or Fox News or, or you know, only listening to people that look like them and think like them. Oh, yeah. That would, that would change the game because I learn a whole lot from so many other people. Does that mean that we believe everything the same way or think through everything the same way or approach every situation the same way? No, absolutely not. But I believe that diversity is beautiful in the eyes of God. And so when God sees diversity, he created us all different intentionally. And, it, you know, uh, my daughter said it best one day because her, her, her class in elementary school is very diverse. And my oldest daughter got in one day and uh, into the truck and she said, Dad, she goes, did you know we all have 206 bones? And her, her mom is a nurse. My wife is a nurse. So I was like, well, mom probably knew that, but I did. And she said, I just think it's cool. We're all the same on the inside but we're all different on the outside. So God can enjoy our beauty like flowers. And that, that struck me, um, you know, out of the mouths of babes a little bit. Uh, no, I completely get that. If we would learn to respect and appreciate and love one another um, and, and hear each other, and believe each other when we talk about experiences and life and, and all of those things. Um, I'm sorry to my conservative friends, but it wouldn't do anything but make you a liberal. If you ever decided to free think like for two seconds, you would be so progressive. It's not even funny. And it's because it's because, you know, freedom for everybody means everybody, not just the white straight people who look like me. And, um, you know, that's, that's the direction we have to go. And unfortunately, we took steps back from that today. No, I completely agree with you, man. And we absolutely need more pastors just like you. Uh, quick question, because we are getting towards the end of the show. Do you think the education cuts are making us repeat history? The, uh, the education cuts? Yes. But cutting education, do you think it's no, making us repeat history? Yeah, yes. Yes, absolutely. Well, I mean, because we're not we're not teaching history; we're teaching some whitewashed version of it. I mean, I grew up in Oklahoma, so so there is so there's some really fascinating history here in Oklahoma, right? For example, um, our our racial history is disturbing in Oklahoma. I mean, not only did we start out as the place where uh, the Trail of Tears ended. Um, where they shoved yeah. all of our Native American brothers and sisters after the government took all of their land. Um, but on top of that, something that a lot of people don't know is that before statehood, when we were just uh, what was considered to the United States as Indian territory, um, a, lot of the, a lot of the tribes here actually bought and sold slaves. And so a lot of the indigenous tribes owned slaves, and then they would they would trade or barter those slaves with, uh, you know, white folks who were coming in and out of the territory. And so actually... That's a new one on um, me. Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. Do what? I said, that's a new one on me. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and, and a lot of people don't know that, that the Indian Territory and that a lot of those tribes actually fought with the Confederacy in the Civil War. Um, that's information that you know, is kind of pertinent, is very relevant. We should be teaching our students um, in schools, but we don't. 
the Tulsa race massacre, uh, Black Wall Street, happened here in Oklahoma, in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Love Black Wall Street. The United, uh, States, a... <clears throat> the United States government literally bombed an area of affluent black community mm-hmm. um, and just completely decimated it. Started those people's lives all the way over from ground zero, uh, who had worked and struggled and fought and built this built this thriving. I mean, there was no mistake that they called it Black Wall Street. Uh, had built this thriving community in Tulsa. The the government wiped it to the ground. Uh, That's astonishing. And did you know in the worst up, way. up until just the just the last few years? Those those things and actually the uh, the things about the Civil War and slavery are still not in required curriculum. Uh, the Tulsa race massacre, but what they call the Tulsa race riot is what they is how they refer to it. Uh, and you can see how that could cause a problem. But they mm-hmm. they were referred to it that way. And it recently, just in the past couple of years, has entered into the state standards of education because of all of the pressure. Uh, from people who have gone, why are we not teaching our kids about that? So in Oklahoma, we have a very clear understanding of what it means to not teach real history um, and and teach real truth. So yes, when we start cutting out things that are maybe really difficult to understand, maybe difficult to wrestle with, may not make our country look so great or so grand, but they but they're things that happened when we stop when we stop telling those stories and we start, you know, star spangled fairy tale whitewashing everything, uh, we will absolutely repeat that history. We will a thousand percent repeat that history because nobody knows any better. And they think that this white supremacy, that this this misogyny and and uh, this homophobia is like the way to go, and uh, and unfortunately, it's what's killing our society. And this is why you are my favorite preacher. Uh, we are at the end of the show. Where can everyone find you on social media? Actually, before this, Bear was like, he's a weird ass preacher, from what I know of preachers, but I really like him. Uh, where can I, yes. I want to go to your congregation. If now. you're going to get to religion, you're going to him. I like that. Where can we find you on social media? Yeah, you can just follow me on any platform at Pastor from OK. Uh, TikTok is the one I'm most active on. Um, we've got a really great community there. Yeah, uh, 325,000 folks or so. That's it's a lot of fun, and um, so that's a great place. If you want to DM me, uh, you know. Uh, shoot me one on Instagram, same username. I uh, would love to connect and, and love to chat. Uh, but yeah. Guys, go check him out. We're going to be at the rally in Palm Springs tonight over at the uh, Mizell Center, 7 p.m. Go follow the pastor from Oklahoma. He's one of my favorite people to follow. I'm Summer Helene. Thank you very, very much to our very special guest, Pastor Coleman, and of course, my co host, the baddest bear in the cage, Bear Fiora. Uh, guys, we're going to deal with this bullshit, and we'll see you next week. Good night. Damn it, I keep swearing in front of the pasta. <laughs> Thanks for checking out the show. Behind the scenes can be heard live on the Voice America Variety Channel every Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific. Be sure to join Summer Helene for more Scoop next week.